Welcome to Foundation Christian Fellowship Church Weekly Podcast. Our podcast is designed to help and encourage you in your Christian walk. Our desire is to train and equip believers to become mature disciples who love the Word of God and are passionate about their faith. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.foundations-ministries.org. Now let's join today's message already in progress. into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough now Lord take my life for I am no better than my father's then as he lay and slept under a broom tree suddenly an angel touched him and said to him arise and eat And he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, turned down your altars, And kill your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are life. And that, Lord, that you're about to deposit into us something, Lord, that will give us food for the journey. This journey of life, Father God, that has so many twists and turns, so many surprises, so many challenges, Lord. God, we thank you that you're the God that provides. And we thank you that you're the God that gives water in dry places. And so, Lord, we're asking that you will water our hearts this morning. I pray, Lord, that as I prepare to preach this wonderful gospel of Christ, that you would just break up the hard fallow places in our life and 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 father god those places in our hearts that we've sort of reserved i i pray right now holy spirit that you would begin the process of opening up our hearts and minds so we can receive fully what the spirit of god is communicating to the church on today and god as always we will ensure that you get the glory and you get the praise in jesus name amen you may be seated in the lord's presence I want to talk to you this morning about the subject of burnout. This is an amazing passage of scripture that spotlights the life of a very, very powerful man in the kingdom of God. 
unless you haven't read about Elijah, when you read about Elijah, you discover that he was an incredible man that did, that did incredible and extraordinary works by and through the hand of God. Elijah was a man who was on the cutting edge of what God was doing. He was making a difference in his generation. God has just given him victory in that he destroyed some over 400 and some prophets. God showed himself strong through this man, Elijah. And all of us would think that having been used in that way by God, that this strong man of God would be very confident, he would be above it all, and he would be on cloud nine. Well, it doesn't quite happen that way. This man who had done extraordinary works by the hand of God, he gets the word that Jezebel wants to take his life, and he, he runs. He hides in the cave. And he comes to a place where he says, Lord, I want to die. Enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. This is too much. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm, I'm tired. And, and, and Elijah go into this, this whole thing of, Lord, uh, you know, I've been serving you, but, but nobody else want to serve you. The people don't want to do right. And I feel like I'm all by myself and nobody understands me. Nobody understands the problems that I'm experiencing. Nobody understands what I'm going through. I'm struggling myself. I'm having difficulty myself trying to make it. And, and, and yet every time I turn around, you know, Lord, it seems like nobody wants to do right. It seems like I'm still stuck in the same place. It seems like I've been in this ditch and I can't get out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Which is to say that a man like Elijah, when I think about how powerful this man was, if Elijah can get burned out, it can happen to all of us if you're not careful. If you don't process life the right way and look at things from the perspective that God wants us to view them, you can find yourself in a place where you get burned out. I've known many men, women of God, faithful men and women of God, who all of a sudden, who, was, who loved the word. Of, I mean, how many know when you first got saved? I mean, boy, you were you just, everything was just so beautiful. And it seemed like it just the, the experience, you saw things you've never seen before. God opened your eyes, and man, I mean, you couldn't wait to get into church. You couldn't wait to read your Bible. You couldn't, couldn't wait to hear the word of the Lord. I mean, every single time, man, it was great, and you just loved it. And all of a sudden, some time has passed, and you've taken a few hits in life, and you find yourself at a point where you're saying, you know, I, I just don't, I, I, it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Well, Sometimes the mundane and the routineness of life blinds us to the reality of what God is truly doing around us. God, it is not God's will. I want you to hear me well when I say this. It is not God's will 
for you to be burned out. Not Elijah found himself in a cave. This great man of God was in a cave saying, God, I want to die. I wonder how many believers sitting here this morning, you're sitting here physically, but inside you're in a cave. You're in a cave. And you're thinking to yourself, I, 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 I can't do this no more. I, I can't make it no more. I can't seem to get over the hump. The reality of it is, is Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and you will find rest for your weary souls. But for some reason, that's not getting to your address. God is everything that he says he is. He is the bread of life. He is the water of life. And what we will discover this morning is that the problem is not with the life giver. The problem is with us and how we view life circumstances. Life happens to everyone. Amen. The Bible says it rains on the just. And it rains on the unjust. That's really a neat way of saying that you have to experience the same challenges that everybody else experienced. But you who know Christ are supposed to look at life differently and it's supposed to hit you in a vastly different way. I'll give you a few examples, a few verses. You can write these down. So I don't think we have them. Uh, by the way, uh, I called Sister Diva this morning and completely changed the scriptures. So some of the scriptures you see, some of them you won't see, that's in your bulletin. Uh, so you may have to just keep notes if you want to go back and uh, look over what we talked about this morning. But I want to give you a couple of verses that talks about this issue of spiritual burnout. John 7, 38, Jesus said this, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Psalm 1, verses 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Watch this. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. John 4, 14, Jesus says, but whoever drinks of this water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. You, you, you see, what God is saying is that, that we are supposed to be a conduit whereby we are so watered ourselves that the water of God not only affects us, but that it's supposed to affect the people around us. 
He says he talks about being that tree planted by the river of water. In other words, you're not supposed to be dry. You're not supposed to be. He says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I can tell you honestly that in all of my years of serving God, I am just as satisfied as I ever was. I am satisfied after 22 years. I still love him like I loved him yesterday. Do I have problems? Yes, I do. Am I, do I get tired? Yes, I do. But see, there's a difference between being tired and being burned out. I said before, tired could lead to burnout, but there's a difference. I mean, I, I was talking to my wife yesterday, and, and my wife got this thing. She loves to shop. Any ladies know what I'm talking about? That's her thing. She liked to do that. I said, what do you like? She said, I love to shop. And my wife, get, she may get tired in the shopping, but she never really get tired of shopping. Because the first chance she gets, she's going back at it again. But when you get burned out, it's, it's, you, you not only lose that, that energy, but, but, but you lose that motivation to keep going. And so there are some things that we need to do to guard our lives so that we won't reach a point of burnout. So that you're continuously uh, receiving the endless supply of God's grace, that water that is continuously pouring in you. So that you're always green and that, listen to me, and, and that you're not at a point where you're, you're thirsty and you're dry. How many know God wants to water you today and keep you watered? He wants to water you and keep you watered. That's, that's the will of God for your life. And so I got some things I want to share with you today. Seven reasons why we experience spiritual burnout. And I think these will help you. Um, the Lord, I tell you, I just had, you know, every now and then I, I just have a, a time when I'm, uh, when I'm studying and I'm preparing the sermon. And for some reason, this one was just particularly difficult. And that's when I realized that God is wanting to speak to somebody in here. So I hope you listen up. And so seven reasons why we experience spiritual burnout. Number one, here's what it is. We lose our first love. Look at Revelation chapter 2. Verses 1 through 5. Just go all the way to the end of the book, and I think you might find Revelation standing right in your face. Amen. Revelation chapter number 2. Verses 1 through 5. When you get there, you can say amen. To the angel, the church of Ephesus, write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his hands who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, watch this. I have this against you that you have left your first love. You know, for those of us, and I'll, I'll talk to the men for a moment, the men who are married, and I talk to everybody. You know, 
um, for those of us who've been married for a, a long time, you know, you have to work at it, relationships, amen? amen? You have to work at it. And, uh, you know, when you first got married, you know, uh, or when you first met your wife before you got married, and you remember, men, how excited you were. Women, you remember how excited you were. You get on the phone, and you'd be on that phone for six, seven hours. I mean, all you could think about was that person. Every opportunity you got, you wanted to be with them. And you opened the car door for them. And, and you, just, you, just, you just couldn't think of anything else because you were in love. All the men better say amen. Well, y'all quiet today. All the men who are married say amen. In love. And you know how it feels to be in love. It's a wonderful feeling. And Jesus is saying to the church of Ephesus, you, you're doing all the things. You're doing some good things. But, but, but you know what? Emotionally, you're not connected to me, which Jesus wants more than anything else is your heart. Those moments when we spend time Walking with him in his presence, loving him. Martha, if you remember, we won't turn there for time's sake, but Martha in Luke chapter 10, she was upset because her sister would not help her while she was busy cleaning up for the Lord. And, and Martha gets mad at Mary. She says, and she says to the Lord, Lord, will you tell her to get up off of her tail and help me clean the house? Jesus said, Martha, you're busy. See, busyness can lead to burnout. You're busy and you're troubled about a lot of things, Mary. Martha, I'm sorry. But, but, but Martha, there's one thing, there's a thing that you're lacking and Mary has seemed to realize what it is. She's chosen the best part. She's chosen to be with me and to sit at my feet. Your first love, when you really enjoy spending time with him, that, that, that you love it, that, that is not a chore for you. Which leads me to my next point. The reason why we get spiritual burnout sometimes is because second reason is we lack spiritual disciplines. Turn to Psalm 23. Everybody knows this psalm. Probably it's the most quoted psalm in all the Bible. But we'll read it here this morning. Psalm 23. You know, we talk often in this church about the importance of staying in the presence of God and staying connected to his word. And why do we do that? Because let me tell you something. When you stop spending time in his presence... Or when you don't spend time in his presence and read his word on somewhat of a consistent basis, after a while, you will get somewhat dry. You remember, Jesus said that I am the bread of life, which means that we must be continuously drinking and eating. He's a water of life, too, from his table all the time. So every time we're, listen, every time we crack open this book, what we're doing is, what we're doing is we're watering our souls. Every time we're in his presence, we're guarding ourselves from burnout. Why? Because we're staying connected. Now watch this. He says, 
Look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is David. Now, I want you to hear the heart of this man. And I want us to get this in our soul. You see how much he loved God. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I mean, you know, that sometimes God has to make us lay down. And sometimes it's good that God make us lie down. In green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. How many of you want peace? Here's what he's saying. He says, when I'm in God's presence, when I, when, when I spend time alone with him, when I, when I continuously drink from the fountain that won't run dry, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores. Everybody say restores. My soul. The way that you guard against burnout is drinking from the fountain every single day of your life. It's not a legalistic thing that some people say, oh, pastor, this is just legal. It's not legalism. It's restoring your soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How many know that when you're hurting inside, Jesus hears the broken heart, and he heals the broken heart? You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with all my cup runneth over. Here's what David is saying about the Lord. He said, now, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Does that sound like a man that's experiencing burnout? That is a man that is staying connected. And he is being restored and he is being supplied by his God to whom he loves. A third reason why we get spiritual burnout sometimes is because of physical exhaustion. It seems elementary, but most people don't realize, a lot of people don't, particularly the Christians, because we sometimes over-spiritualize things. In other words, we just ignore some, some, because our God is a God of miracles, we think that naturally that we're always supposed to defy the natural and not understanding that God still created the natural and that he's, he's, he's put laws in place. I mean, know that if you don't sleep right, it will affect your life. They, they, they say, they say, and I'm not a clinical doctor, but they say that a lot of folks that struggle with depression and have kind of emotional issues and problems, a lot of that is linked to a lack of rest, a lack of sleep. And if you're dog tired, it will lead you to physical exhaustion and ultimately burnout. And you may be thinking, what's wrong with me? Sometimes what's wrong with you? Ain't nothing wrong with you. You just need to go to sleep. Look at the name say, go to sleep. Get some rest. Psalm, look at Psalm, some of y'all don't believe me. Look at Psalm 127. You already in Psalm, right? Look at Psalm 127. And by the way, that didn't mean get to go to sleep here. Wait till you get home. I just thought I'd put that in there for some who may be tempted. Hallelujah. Psalm 127. Verse 
number two. It says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. How many know you ain't got no business pacing the floor unless you're just loving God and trusting him? We got no business up in the middle of the night trying to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I gonna? He says, it's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved what? Go to sleep. Jesus said this one time when he was with his disciples. How many know that Jesus was supremely busy? Uh, there were times when he and the disciples couldn't even eat. They were so busy. But Jesus made sure that the disciples and he got the rest that he needed. He says to his disciples in Mark 6, 31. How many know I love the Bible? You love it because the Bible tells you how, tells you how to live. Amen. In Mark 6, 31, he says, and he said to them, to the disciples, and if you look at the context of that, he said people were going, and it was just constantly, all the time, all the time. He said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. For a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. If you're a person that runs yourself ragged all the time to the point that it's affecting your ability, let me put it this way. You know, God designed us to function a certain way. Am I right about it? He made the body to rest. If you don't get proper rest, it affects every aspect of your life. A lot of things that you may want to do, you can't do because you're up too late at night. Or we're not taking time to make sure that, 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 that we're getting the proper rest that we need. And then all of a sudden people want to say, well, what's wrong with sister so-and-so? What's wrong with... No, they just, they just been up and they're irritated. How many know when you get no sleep, how many get irritated? You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Start snapping at people. Then when somebody call you, you're like... Here we go. What do you want? And a lot of times, it's just because you're tired. The people of God ought to be very disciplined. If you want to avoid burnout, don't run yourself ragged. Know your limits. Make sure you go to bed at a good hour so you get some sleep. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number four. We only got seven of these. Number four. Another reason why we experience uh, spiritual burnout is not obeying God's will. Look at John chapter number five. You may say, well, pastor, what do you mean? Let me show you here in a second. John chapter five. Look at verse number 19. John chapter five, verse 19. Jesus said, answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son of man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. In other words, Jesus was saying that he did nothing unless he saw his father do it. Jesus was so in touch with God that he didn't venture out and do anything unless he had a sense that God was with him. And one of the things that we must understand about obeying the will of God is that the will of God will never, ever change. Heaven and earth will pass away but his word will never, ever change. Now, why is that important? Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 9. You remember? 
And I'm sorry, Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44. I don't have time to turn there, but I want you to, you can write it down. But Jesus prayed this, Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Can I say this very gingerly, but truthfully, that God does not live to serve you. He loves you. He serves. But his goal is not to serve your agenda in the earth. The whole Christian life is about sacrifice. And that cuts at the core of who we are. But see, whenever we don't do what God says, the way God wants us to do it, it will wear you out. Amen? Amen. If you don't obey God and do it God's way, it will drive you nuts. You, he, said to, he said to the Apostle Paul, and I believe it was Acts chapter number 9. You remember he called the Apostle Paul, and, 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 and Paul was on the road to Damascus, and he was going to murder some Christians, and he was going to persecute some Christians. And, 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 and Jesus said to the Apostle Paul, Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the goads, or it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You see, a goad was like a little rod. And, and, and a rod was used to kind of force the animals to go in a certain direction. And so what they would do is they would prick the animals. They would prick them so that they can go in the direction they wanted to go. What Jesus was saying is that it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. In other words, that when we don't obey, don't obey the clear word of God, when we don't obey the, clear, the clear teaching of God, you're not going to win that battle. Ultimately, it's going to get the better of you. It's going to get the better of it. Look at Luke chapter number 9, if you will. Uh, Luke chapter number 9 in verse number 23 to 24. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Listen to what Jesus said. This is so important. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now, I want you to... I want you to kind of underline that in your Bible. He says, if any man desire to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny. Deny himself. Why would he say deny yourself? Because yourself want to do what yourself want to do. So he tells us to deny yourself. Take up your cross. Your cross represents your challenges, your difficulties, your daily life, daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Now, what is Jesus communicating there? That we must make a conscious decision that we are going to obey what God says. To follow his will for our life. Not check in with God when we want something. Say, okay, God, I just check in with you. But to really say, Lord, here's what I want to do. But God, let me pray and seek you and, and say, Lord, is this within the context of what you want to do in my life? Because God only hears, watch this, God only hears those prayers that are fashioned according to his will. So when we request anything from God that is not consistent with his word or with his way or with his will, we won't win that battle. Ultimately, it will lead to burnout because you're kicking against the pricks. God is saying, do this, and you're saying, no, God, I don't want to do it. And what you're doing is you're kicking against the pricks, and you won't win that battle. 
until you submit to what he says. If any man will come after me, you got to deny yourself. You now live for him. And so whenever, watch this, whenever the word of God is exposed to you, whenever God shows you clear truth, we're not to debate it. We're to say, Lord, I'm going to do it anyway. Jesus said, Lord, if it be possible, let the cup pass from me. But, but, but Jesus did something spectacular because he was, he was letting us in on something that, that, that yeah, you're going to want to do this, but, but just go ahead and follow through with what God said. How many know that whenever you follow God's word, in the end, it's going to work out better for you? I know sometimes it's hard to believe that, but you will get burnt out real quick when you're not following God's protocol. You're trying to, you know, you're, you're trying to like figure out what's going on in my life. Well, you, you're not obeying God in this area and you're kicking against the pricks. God said, this is the way to do it. I don't want to do it that way, God. I don't want to do it that way. Okay, that's fine. But you'll be stuck in a ditch. And we don't want to be stuck in a ditch. Amen. Number five. We only got a few more left and we're done. Number five. The reason why we get spiritual burnout sometimes is because we fail to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> Boy, this is, this is such a profound verse. I mean, it is so loaded. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Can you think, of, think about that for a second with me? How many of you have to have it figured out? I'll be honest how many of you sense and you feel in your life that, that man did, that I, I'm not going to do anything until I get this thing figured out? God, you got to give me some answers. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, that speaks to abandonment. That speaks to exposure. That, that's difficult because when you have lived your life doing things as you choose when you wanted to, and, and you were able to navigate your way through, God is saying, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to set you on a different course, and then I'm going to require that you trust me. And, and here's, the, here's the thing, here's the kicker to it. He's saying that I'm not going to always tell you what I'm doing. I want that to sink in for a second. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He, he's, here's what he tells us. He says, lean not on your own understanding. He says, lean not. Don't do it. Because I was thinking about this, and this is, no, 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 no. He said, lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge me, is what he said, and he will direct your path. How many knows you can get spiritual burnout very easily when we fail to realize that there is something God has left reserved for himself. And we just have to trust him that in the end, as Romans 8.28 said, that it's going to work out in our favor. You got to believe that. That's why he tells you, trust with me. Trust me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own on sin. Don't, don't try to figure this one out because you won't get it. Sometimes God is gracious. He reveals things to us. And it's like, yeah, great. But you know, most of the time, when he's revealed it, it's usually after I've been trying to figure it out for so long and made a couple bad choices. You see, when we don't trust God, you know what, you know what we do? We make ill-advised decisions. We jump the gun. 
Because, well, God, I got to help God out. You remember who tried to help God out and got in trouble? Did anybody remember who that was in the Bible? Remember Sarah? Sarah said, Lord, you know, I know Abraham, you said through his seed. So he, she went and got Hagar and, and they birthed Ishmael. Ishmael wasn't the promised child. Isaac was through whom the seed was to be. But Sarah said, well, Lord, it's taking a while. It's taking too long. I, I know, God, you, you want to do this, but it's taking too long. So, Lord, I'm going to help you out. And many of us are always trying to help God out. And the reason why we're trying to help God out, if we're honest, is because we don't really trust him. But we need to come to a place, like David said, that we need to wait on the Lord. Just wait on him. I know it's tough. But he said, wait on the Lord. And while you're waiting, be of good courage. Be of good courage and know that he's going to work on your behalf. He has what's best for you. Number, what number are we? Number six. Trying to serve two masters will burn you out pretty quick. Oh, what, what do I mean by that? Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24. Do we have that verse? I may have given you that one. Matthew 6, 24. No, I didn't give you that one. I don't think I gave you. Matthew 6, 24. For some of you, you can, if you're real quick, you get there with me. It says, no one can serve two masters. But either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. How many know that, uh, you see, here's the deal. Are y'all still listening to me say amen? I, I want to make sure I still, I still got you with me. We're almost done. Just, just stay with me for a moment. I know your attention span gets, you know, but just stay with me for a moment. Um, you see, we, we all have... Um, you know, we come into the kingdom of God, we all have things we like, right? Um, some of the things are good, some of the things are bad, but we all have things that we like and, or things that tend to get in the way. When we come to God, you, God never, ever is going to play second in your life. He always demands first place. And when, we, when it comes to serving God, I want, you, I want you to think with me for a second. You can't serve God trying to hold on to the world and yet trying to walk with God at the same time. You see, the thing that will get you messed up really, really quick is that you're still trying to hold on to the world's way of doing things. Oh, well, this area of my life, I want to hold off. You know, I, you know I, I still like doing this. See, there are some things that you know God has said, um, don't do this. But, you, but now you've surrendered some, some space, but th there are some of those areas that we want to try to hold on to. And whenever you're trying to serve God with two masters, trouble. Trouble. Jesus said, you can't serve me. You can't serve in that way. Two masters. This is because you will love the one and love the, and, and you will love the one and hate the other. Look at the revelation in that same vein. Look at Revelation chapter number three, verse 14 through 16. Revelation chapter three. Hmm. And the angel of the of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus said this: I know your works, that you are neither hot, you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. <laughs> so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, nor hot, 
I will vomit you out of my mouth. I mean, those are some very, very strong words. Uh, we can't be lukewarm with God. See, one of the you get burned out. How many know that sometimes you get all this extracurricular activity on the outside and you're trying to serve God? Something clash. And how many know Satan is a, he's a, he's a bad taskmaster? I mean, he's a slave master. He's the real deal. Satan will wear you out. And you're trying to serve God and you're, 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 you're kind of halted between two opinions. Let me tell you something. That'll lead to some quick burnout. We need to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to serve him and him alone. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not going to try to be one foot in the world and one foot out. It ain't going to work. Let, let me spare you. It ain't going to work. You got to let that stuff go. Amen. Whatever it is that's out there that's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do, you need to cut it off. Some of those things are not necessarily sinful, but they're just weights. They're just stuff that blocks your ability to give your all to God. And everybody got to identify that. What are those areas of my life that is choking my relationship with God? God could, do, God could do so much more if I did this. I want you to think. Ask yourself the question. God could do more with me if I did dot, 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 dot. Because those things come to crowd our lives and it gets in the way. And let me tell you something. You get burned out because you're trying to, you're trying to burn it on both you're trying to live on both, on both planes, and it's confusion. You get frustrated. And if you're walking in sin, it will, I mean, I'm telling you, the devil will expose you. He will, he will show you for who you are. Come on, somebody. Because that's how the devil do. He always try to set you up. Oh, it's all right. Nobody will know. Oh, somebody. How many know somebody always know? What stays in Vegas, what happens in Vegas stayed in Vegas. The devil is a lie. You ought to know better than that. There's some folk that actually believe that. What happens in Vegas stays. No, I don't. Jesus said there's nothing that is covered that won't be revealed. And the devil will help him out with that. You go in here, you want to act crazy? Let me tell you something. The devil, I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. How many times have we watched TV and we see people fall flat on their face? I mean, how many know the general thought that he could get away with it? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this man had status. What a mistake. I don't know what his spiritual relationship is, but let it be an example to us Christians. If it can happen to the heathen, surely God's going to reveal your stuff. If we think that we can sneak around and duck and hide and nobody knows, the church folk don't know. The church folk don't need it. The one who really need to know, he knows. You live in the presence of God. You live in the presence of God. Always remember that you live in the presence of God and you're accountable to him first. And people get worn out, burned out. And, they, and let me tell you, when we get burned out like that, you can't give your energy. When you're serving the devil like that, you can't, you can't do right. You can't give your energy to where you need to have it because you're divided. We need to be fully devoted to him. And he's our master. Somebody say amen. amen. Number seven. Wrong or unrealistic expectation. That's one of the ways we get burned out. How many of you have expectations that haven't been met? <laughs> I would say as a pastor, I had some expectations and some things didn't work out or like I thought it would be and like I wanted it to be. I really had to meditate on this one because 
we all want to, God always works in the atmosphere with the people who, are, who have an expectation. But here's the deal, that God is ultimately responsible and sovereign. He does things according to his will. The Bible says a man's mind plans his way, but God directs his steps. A man's mind. In other words, you plan, you think, right? You say in your life, let's just say you've been planning, you've been working on something for years. I mean, you've been believing God for this. And let me tell you something. All of a sudden, you find out, man, it just didn't work out. Your expectation fell beyond where you thought it would be. And the temptation is, well, you know what? I'm just tired. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. Because my expectation wasn't met. I've met a lot of Christians that way. They're giving up on life. They're giving up on, on just career. They're giving up on family. Because it just, it just didn't work the way I thought it would work. Uh, can I say something to you? Join the party. Join the party. God works in your life. He gives you these sweeping promises. You know that sweep? One of those sweeping promises is that all things work together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Here's what you can claim. All things are going to work together for my good. I know that. I can, we can plan and we can say, Lord God, I want to do this, and my plan is to have this kind of career, and I want to do that. And God just may come and say, no, I want you to be redirected and go a different way. I don't want you to go that way. And boy, that drives us nuts. And, and, and we really, really want something. We, we'll get mad at God. And, and, you know, and we'll tell God, God, you know what? I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to church. I ain't talking to people. I ain't doing, nope, nope. I ain't reading my Bible, nope, because I'm tired. You get burned out. You must realize and understand that Philippians 1.6. Don't turn there. Just, I'm just, just write it down. He who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has began a good work in you. Who begins the work? Who's in control of that? God. He said, he who has began a good work. So God is going to complete the work that he started, not the work that you started. Let that sink in a little bit. He who has began will complete. He's going to complete what he started. The Bible says, in Hebrews, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That simply means that he's in control and he already knows what he wants and he's going to do what he wants in the earth. Well, you may say, well, I don't understand that and I don't like that. Well, that's part of being a servant. Am I right about it? It's part of being surrendered to his will. That God loves to turn your schedule upside down sometimes. That's why you need to just, you need to trust him no matter what. So, Lord, whatever, whatever I'm dealing with in life, God, I'm going to stay endlessly supplied. I'm going to stay connected. Last verse, and I want to read. We, we got the seven, but I just want to give you this verse. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we're going to finish here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verses 7 through 16. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Listen to this. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Listen to what Apostle Paul said here. He says, we are hard pressed on every side. 
hard pressed on every side. In other words, Paul had problems every which way he could turn. Yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but we ain't destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. That we who are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 13, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. And look at verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. I want you to think with me for a moment. Um, And... In the Gospel of John, I believe chapter 15, Jesus talks about abiding in the vine. And abiding, uh, the the branches being uh, connected to the vine. When you think about that picture, I want you to think of where the life comes from. The life and the ability to achieve in life, it all comes from God. Paul said in this verse that the that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul said we were hard-pressed on every side, but we stay connected. We stay connected to the vine, and because we stay connected, and because we saw it the way God wanted us to see it, and because we stayed close to him, they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They were always replenished. They stayed fresh. You think about the Apostle Paul, there's no evidence that he ever really got burned out. The evidence is that he had some hard times. But you see him just keep being optimistic and keep going. He said, we're perplexed, we're confused, but you, we're okay. See, you can be perplexed and confused and go through all of that and not be burned out. You can be tired, but not be burned out if you stay connected to the vine. So I want to challenge you this morning. Stay connected to the vine. And when you sense yourself feeling burned out, or you sense that there's an overload, maybe you want to check yourself against these and make sure that you're staying in the proper place. Amen? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. God, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord, for being that endless supply of grace, that endless supply of everything that we need. God, I'm asking this morning or this afternoon, God, that you would... uh, Lord God, replenish those who are weary this morning, those who feel spiritually burned out. God, it's not your will that they be that way. But you said in your word, Lord, that you are the living water. And so I'm praying this morning with all of my heart, God, that you would touch hearts today and that, Lord, that you will water your people so that, Lord, they're continuously supplied, never dry, never dry, always living to the fullest and enjoying their life, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death comes judgment. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to know for sure. Hell is real. There's no coming back. Hell is real. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we proclaim the gospel to every people. 
you don't know Jesus today of your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to give a life to him. Is there one who would say, Lord, I don't know you. I want to be saved. I want to know that I have eternal life. Is there one? Is there one? Secondly, if you heard this word this morning, and you just feel like you're just dry, you feel like you've gotten yourself like Elijah, you found yourself in a cave, and you feel that you're just burned out today. You're just burned out and you just need God to just replenish you and to keep you so that you can continue to fulfill his purposes in your life. If that's you this morning, slip your hand. You just need the Lord just to touch you this morning. He want to touch you this morning if you need it. He wants to touch you. He loves you. He loves you. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord, for being that well, for being that daily supply. We love you so much for that, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for these people today. Father God, that have heard your word. Father God, they won't run dry, Lord, because they've been replenished already. They receive the word, Lord, that will help them and encourage them in their walk with you. And God, we pray for the saints who are not here, but out for the holidays, God, that you would be with them. And I pray, Lord God, that you would replenish them as well. Care for them, watch over them. Lord, please. And Father God, let us never get to a point where we get tired of doing the work of God. Never let us get to a point, Lord, where we're just plain exhausted and don't want to do it anymore. But God, let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength, Lord, so that we will never run dry. Because, Lord, it's your will. And as long as we're drinking from the fountain of living water, as long as we're staying connected to you, as long as we're seeking you and keeping you first, as long as we're doing those things that you showed us today, God, we can uh, avoid spiritual burnout. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen, amen. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Come on, give God a praise clap as you're standing. Amen. I want you to go home and enjoy that leftover stuff. Anything like me, we'll be eating leftover for the next week. You got so much. So just make sure you don't eat too much because uh, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And you'll reap that in the mirror if you're not careful. So make sure you, you sow with wisdom. Amen. So let's stretch, stretch our hands to the Lord. Father, we love you. We praise you. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him be glory, dominion, power now and forevermore. We give you praise. We give you glory. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Hey, have a great week.